Telling lies, thinking I can't see. You can't cry because you're laughing at me. I'm down. No, I'm not. I'm here on Backtracks. Errol Smith revisited with my good buddy Scott Haskin. How you doing? The sexiest man in podcasting. Uh, well, uh, Rar, and I'm um, doing great. How are you doing, Corey? I am fan fucking tasket because the I'm down is off the dice. We're not listening to it tonight. It is finally gone. And uh, I'm always happy when I see that this next guy, he's everybody's favorite curmudgeon, the one and only John Mariano. How you doing, John? I come to you with a little movie music trivia tonight. Oh, good. Did you know that the first concert that Edward Furlong willingly went to, he was 14 years old and he went to an Aerosmith concert? And the reason why I share this trivia with you is in case you're trying to break into one of his bank accounts, that is probably one of his passwords, and that is a quote by Edward Furlong. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up because I'm editing the episode where we're talking about our favorite concerts and things like that and trying to pare it down because we went on way too long. So for, for the folks out there, you're getting the director's cut uh, of that conversation. I am trying to pare it down. See, we do eventually get to the song, uh, which was Monkey on My Back, a, a, a song we did uh, two shows ago. I'm down. Of course, we covered last week. Finally off the dice tonight. Who knows what we have in store for us tonight? Uh, Scott Haskin, I'm down, is now gone. Uh, how melancholy are you? I I feel like I'm part of the show now. You know, like the songs that I came in with from my mixtape as a guest uh, had, had stuck around for so long that uh, I, I felt like the, the dice was just like, we don't really need three hosts. And uh, now that it finally gave in, uh, I feel, I feel uh, involved. Oh, perfect. That's good for you. Uh, we should talk about a little Aerosmith news. But before we do that, uh, John Mariano is going to tell us uh, a little something about our good friend Ken Knapsack. So what you need to do is you need to go to the Knapsack Network on one, one, one of your podcast feeds, and you need to listen to the show, The Blathering. The, the, the Blathering's an off-the-cuff, from, from the heart and the head podcast and comedian Ken Knapsack. He, he hosts that. He does a show called Saturday Night Knapsack over there. You can go to the Mixcloud app and listen to his pop rock and radio. Um, Ken's doing a lot of great work. He's also doing Force Center that you can find with um, himself, uh, Jennifer Landa and, and Joseph Scrimshaw. Um, you know, Ken's all over the place and we support Ken. And this is an ad for Ken. I cannot say enough about Ken. I'm just going to keep saying the word Ken until we cut this promo. Well said, my friend. And uh, speaking of well said, uh, let's throw it now to Scott Haskin. He's going to tell you fine folks about the Deep Dive Podcasting Network. Oh, my God. The Deep Dive Podcast Network is an amazing, amazing set of branches off of one hub, the Deep Dive Podcast Network website, and you can find all these shows there. We've got, of course, besides our show, Aerosmith Revisited, which is on there, we also have Backtracks theme music that uh, John and Corey do. Great guys. I'm happy to co-host this show with them, even though the dice hated me for so long. But Corey, you also do a show with our friend and uh, soon-to-be-married Mark Kameyer called And the Podcast Will Rock. A little bit of exciting potential Van Halen news uh, on the day that we're recording this, too, that Alex Van Halen, uh, he decided to uh, open up his his uh, Instagram account. 
Wrong show. Wrong show. We're, we're going to talk about that on the Van Halen show. This is Aerosmith. Smith. We're going to oh. talk about their bullshit news in a second. Keep going with the Deep Dive Podcast Network. <laughs> well, there it is. I also have a show called Uriah Heap, the Magician's Podcast. We have Nate and John over at the Deep Purple Podcast, the Simple Man at Skinnered Reconsidered Podcast. And if you're wondering why you can't find it on your uh, podcast app, it's because it's spelled S-K-Y-N-N-R-E-D. Very good play on words there. Uh, Terry T-Bone Mathley has his show, T-Bone Prime, T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side. Rye at Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Paul, Joe, and David at the In the Lap of the Pods podcast, all about Queen. We have Andy and Mac at, Matt at Hawk Binge. Boy, I can't speak tonight. All about Hawkwind. We have Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z. Daniel and Josh at the Diary of the Mad Men podcast, the ultimate Ozzy podcast. Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. George and Hattie at the Judas Priest cast. Clay and Rye at North by South podcast. Greg and Jonathan at So Far, So Pod, So What? All things Megadeth. Kevin at the Tom Petty Project. Kevin also does a show with his buddy Randy called the Seaside Pod Review, another Queen show. We have Quinn at And Volume for All, all general heavy metal talk. Sav, Nick, Steve, and Mark at the Rock Roulette podcast. Chaz and Greg at Regarding Lulu, and also our friends Sean Geek and Fast Fret and Eric at Booked on Rock. Lots of great shows to listen to. Lots of great shows and more coming. I know myself and Kevin Brown are working on a little something-something that may be ready to drop sometime this summer, so uh, be Mm. on the lookout for that. But I I teased some Aerosmith news uh, at the beginning of the show. Uh, Let's talk about it now. Uh, They released the track listing for uh, their ultimate greatest hits. They're what fucking 17th, 18th greatest hits. They're releasing 44 song greatest hits package that they're going to put out before the farewell tour. And what a fucking scam this is. Not a single unreleased track, no new tracks, no B sides, no nothing. It's 44 songs you already own a hundred times over. Do you really think they're recording anything new with the stage, man? Like it, 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 it almost makes sense to release something new because we're at least a generation on. From, from the last time they really released anything major. Um, and if you want to catch up, here's the crib notes, right? Like it makes sense in that in, in that standpoint. I'm thankful in that we're like releasing another box set or some nonsense like that. Um, look, go make your money. I don't fault you. It could be so much worse. You, they could show a drum kit and everyone could lose their mind um, over a drum kit and not actually announce anything. So at least this is an actual announcement. This is like being redundant on top of being redundant on top of being redundant. I mean, this this can't even be a cash grab at this point because all these songs are already out there on best ofs over and over again. Dare I ask Corey what they're charging for this? It's way too much. Uh, I, I kind of clicked away from that one because Joe had or John had mentioned that uh, what you expecting new music. Joe Perry just got asked that. Uh, is there any new music coming from Aerosmith? And uh, he just said, quote, at this point, I want to tour as much as we can. So I wouldn't expect, like John said, any new music coming out of these guys anytime soon. Yeah, well, it, it's kind of a fine line, because if you if you write one more song, like you do one more single, you're going to do it on the tour to give the fans something new. It's got to be a top 10 hit. And that's a lot of pressure to put on the guys yeah. It's it, not we don't have, know how they're getting along. It just it just wouldn't wait. work. It's too risky. We know we know all the stories about Steven lately. We know we we know what's going on with Joey, right? To expect new music out of these guys, I think is asinine. Yeah. Right. 
Um, I, I don't know if when they release albums, if it becomes diminishing returns for them. Um, so over time, I don't know how that works for them and what their cut is. So it makes sense to release something new. And also, the older albums, there's nothing fresh or new on why that would sell. So if you release something new, even if it's old, you have a chance at it becoming a hit again. Mm-hmm. And I think that from a marketing standpoint, at least, a lot of this makes sense to me. And uh, mm-hmm. to answer your question, I think we talked about this on another show, the uh, Greatest Hits Super Deluxe 4LP package. Uh, they get you the the tour lithographs, the photography, and uh, the nice uh, colored vinyl, uh, $180. And I think it's hilarious that on the Aerosmith website, they say they put limit four per customer. <laughs> expecting that big of a demand people are going to want to buy like five or six of this because they don't have these songs on the first 17 compilations they're going to need to get them all here i think if they limited four per country they'd probably be safe i mean other than your like extreme completist fans who the hell is buying this i i think that i, I think the goal is to get it in the hands of the new generation that's yeah. what i'm trying to say but there's already there's already it, but it's it's just redundant product. I mean, all this stuff no, is no, already no, out there. No, there's no, no, but nothing Scott, to grab. Scott, Scott, I feel like you don't understand how children work. Corey understands this, right? A child is not going to go to the store and buy a 20-year-old album. They're just not. It's not us. It's not our generation. We thought that was a cool thing to do. They want the shiny, fresh, new thing. You have to offer you have to offer these children a shiny, fresh, new thing, even if it's old. Right, but when when was the last best of they just put out? Wasn't it just like a year or so ago? Uh, the last one was the Essential Aerosmith that came out in 2011. So right, it's been a while since they've but, done a okay, 12 years, yeah. So 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 if I bought that at 12 years old, I'm now 24, which means that there are 12 year olds now who are looking to buy a new album who aren't going to buy a 12-year-old album stuff. It's not going to happen. I don't I don't know that they really know the difference, to be honest. I don't know that they go into a store and go, well, this best of came out 12 years ago. What Here's was the last time you hung out with, with a 12-year-old? The, with the exact same information Scott, that's, that's Scott, came out today. I know today. you're calling yourself an expert on this. When was the last time I'm you not calling myself an expert. I just said I can't I can't imagine that many Answer people. Answer the question, Scott. When was the last time you hung out with a 12-year-old? My lawyers have asked me not to speak about that. Good answer. Well, I hung out. <laughs> I hang out with a twelve-year-old this morning. Um, no, I know you guys both have kids, and I don't. But I, I just, no. I can't imagine that that many I, I, would be I, I, worth a release in a ten-month backlog. I, wait it's for not that many, right? If 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 they sell a hundred thousand albums, they sell two hundred thousand albums. That's a hundred or two hundred thousand more than they're selling yesterday. I, I I doubt they'll. It, I doubt they made that many copies. To be honest, I doubt they made more than fifty thousand copies of this. Okay. That's why it's limited four per customer. Right. That's true. Right, and, and if they're targeting bootleggers and whoever else, what do they care who spends the hundred and eighty bucks for it? Well, they don't care who spends it. I'm just saying right. I don't think it's going to sell that well. I, mean, I I just really don't. I think that this was a, a very big expense for them to put out without offering anything new yeah, and you, just to, you know, I, I, I just, I don't, I, I think I, I it was disagree. a waste. They are touring. People are going to want to buy new stuff with 50,000 
albums pressed or whatever. Do we know what their audience the range is that goes to their shows that, that like went to not the Vegas residency? Because yeah, 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 those yeah, are always yeah, a little bit different. Yeah, but but... Are, are you trying to tell me that on this tour, over the course of however many shows it is, their last tour, there aren't 50,000 completionists out there who will buy this album? I think I, there are. I don't think so. Well, you guys want to put some money on that? This is going to be interesting. Will do we have a way? Do we have a way to track the sales? Well, I imagine there's like you know soundtrack and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I would say I don't enough. think so because the completists have already spent so much money over the years that I would imagine probably three or four best ofs ago they probably said I don't care about this anymore. Then they're not a real completionist. What I'm talking about is an actual completionist. Yeah, I don't think there's that many. I don't think there's fifty thousand Aerosmith completists in the world. I think the other. The other caveat to John's point is colored vinyl is a very big thing. And I know like I traded mm. in my my regular black vinyl edition of ZZ Top's Eliminator for a nice cherry red edition of Eliminator. I, I'm mm. one of those jerks who is looking at this like, I don't need these fucking socks. Oh, look at that nice red marble vinyl, <laughs> right? There, there's guys like us out there. So John is right. Okay, well, that's that's stuff. something different though. That's offering something that's different from the rest of the of the box sets because if, if the majority of the them, which I would music. imagine- it is the same fucking music, but it's a different toy. You know, how many, how many different uh, Han Solo? Yeah, but I just don't think there's 50,000 people in the world that are big enough I, Aerosmith I, fans I, to spend 200 bucks on this. I, 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 I just think that's how people are built. I think there are people who are built out of creatures of habit, whether they're Aerosmith fans or whatever. And I, I think, think 20 years ago, yes, but I don't think anymore because there's too many things to spend your money on now. Oh, I think people not... are wasting their money on whatever they can. Yeah, yeah but... I, I, I hear where Scott's coming from. I, I, I'm kind of leaning towards John because uh, they're very smartly, like if you look on their website here, they're packaging it. They're bundling it with some cool looking t-shirts. Uh, they're bundling it with a cool hoodie. And, and like that, that red marble vinyl is gorgeous. I, 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 I'm even looking at this like, fuck, do I have 216 bucks for a hoodie well, see, and, and four songs of, of music I already own? We're already at one out of three, Scott. What, what? <laughs> I'm not there yet. I'm close. <laughs> well, like I could, I could see the red vinyl with the hoodie. I could see that being the one that sells. I don't really see, or, or maybe even just the red vinyl one. Cause that's, that's got a better pricing on it. So, so this guy here, the greatest hits LP, it's a single LP. For twenty eight bucks, you're you're not thinking that that that's not moving, right? Like no one's going to be buying. I don't. That I don't really think it, that. I mean, it'll sell a little bit, but I don't really think that anybody's going to care about that. Also, uh, limit four per customer on that one too, as noted. Crap. Not, well, I was going to buy them up and sell them to kids at high schools, but I guess I can't do that now. But I think you can the, both of the vinyl coaster both, set for twenty five bucks. Yeah, trinkets like that will sell. Absolutely, in the Aerosmith slip mat for DJs that are playing run DMC versions of Aerosmith songs. I'm going to the show. I'm not going to buy any of this shit. But I guarantee you, even if I wanted to buy this shit, I'm not getting near the the the, the merchandise places to be able to buy this shit because I think it's going to be jam packed. Right, Aerosmith and merch always sells very well. Yeah, right. I'm sure that the t-shirts and stuff will sell hugely because they're going to be like limited edition final tour selling the shit. Stuff. But but the 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 album doesn't relate to the final tour. It's just an album that's coming out to coincide the final you, tour. It's not like material say, from the tour. You, it's you not, say this, you say this, 
I would be shocked if most of the songs on the set list aren't on this app. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sure they are. Oh, but what I'm saying is, so that relates. This isn't connected to the tour I, as far as I just connected is, it. Yeah, but every single one has that. You're, okay, you know when you lost this argument, Scott? When I got on the call. When you engage with <laughs> me, no, I had, but I have I've, a right I've, to have my opinion. I mean, I right. don't think it'll sell, and that's it. I think that the price point is is way too high. I think that they'll be stuck with a lot of them. I just don't think it'll sell as much as they as they think it will. They 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 are about to get a major bump, and they know it because they're 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 marketing this as their final tour. Um, they have not toured in quite a while. Um, people are at a point where they want to get back to seeing live music, and this is one of the great bands of all time, doing a final run, and they're offering. The music on here, while it's not my favorite Aerosmith music, we know where I sit on this. It is the music of the their biggest releases. Right, oh, but you this. know what it Check doesn't out the say? Set list, like, there's 44 songs. You're getting stuff like uh, Bright Light Fright, Home Tonight, which is on the dice tonight, like a, a ton of rat songs. This is the first two records are, oh. are your Aerosmith. Oh, wow. This is, this, is, this, this is more than I expected. This is gonna sell, and no Sheila, everybody. no because, Sheila, because a lot of people from our generation who have collected Aerosmith, we were the generation of cassettes and CDs, and vinyl was kind of out while a lot of people were collecting. Yes, there were aficionados who were collecting vinyl, but for the most part, there's an entire generation of people, maybe two or three, that have been collecting Aerosmith either on cassette. CD or digitally. So to have this on vinyl, this will sell. We'll see. I, I disagree, but we'll see. It's going to be, we'll, we'll, we'll track it and we'll see who's right. I can definitely see both points. So we'll see how the greatest hits uh, sells. Uh, I kind of agree with uh, Scott. If anything's selling, it's maybe the super deluxe four LP uh, with the red marbled vinyl and all that. The single uh, disc in the CD, I, I don't think is going to be moving at all, but yeah. Out of, out of curiosity, uh, Corey, does it show the set list for the single album? Yep. Uh, let's I'd be curious what here. they, because this would be like their ultimate list, right? Yeah. And you get like uh, three older songs. You get Dream On, Sweet Emotion, and Walk This Way. And they even specify Aerosmith, not Run DMC. Then you got Janie's Got a Gun, Crying, <laughs> Living on the Edge, Dude Looks Like a Lady, Ragdoll, Crazy, and I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Oh, Ragdoll's right. live. Crazy's a radio edit. Look at, who this is Look at who this is marketed to as far as those songs. Right? It's it's people who are going to spend this much money on an Aerosmith album. Right? It's like my brother. Like, I know exactly who this is. I love my brother to death. But this is the level that he enjoys Aerosmith. Mm -hmm. Right? And, and there are fans of this speed. So the song selection even makes sense for this disc. Hmm. Here's all the hits you already have if you're an Aerosmith hat fan. Spend or, another thirty dollars on another album that's or, hey, nothing new. Or hey, you've been listening to Aerosmith casually, and and, and you know you want to get something that has all of the stuff that you've been listening to on the radio all these years and compile it in one place. Here it is. That's right, what you, market to do because you couldn't do that on a Spotify playlist. That's right. why it's not going to sell because so, your casual fans aren't going to buy this album. They're just going to make a Spotify playlist with it. They're going to look at the track list and go, oh, I can make that in two seconds. This is an impulse buy. 
to those fans. You're right. All right. They're, they're not going to be happy with it, but this is an impulse buy for those fans. You convinced me. Let's I see. pre-ordered the 4LP Red Marble <laughs> Edition. Thanks, John. I'm out. 180 bucks now. All right. Good there talk, go. guys. Uh, very interesting viewpoints on this one here. Uh, what do you think, folks? Let us know on our Twitter handle. Uh, I think that's all we have right now. Uh, do you think the uh, Aerosmith Greatest Hits is going to sell? Or are you with Scott Haskins saying, you already own this music. Fuck, you don't need it again. Uh, I, I was totally 100% Team Scott until I saw the red marble. I'm like, oh, God, maybe I need it. And, and, and now I'm kind of waffling. But uh, we're going to keep track of that from, as we from go a here. Physical uh, standpoint, like the hoodie looks like it's really good quality. I do like that vinyl. Um, you know, I, I love these marble vinyls and these, uh, what are they called? Um, they're not blood stain. There's some other thing that they're doing where they're putting like drops of something in the vinyl. Splatter? Splatter. Splatter. That's what it is. Yeah, I really like those. I think they look great. Um, I don't know what the audio quality is, uh, what they're using, if they're using like direct digital transfer or what. But um, from a physical standpoint, they look fantastic. Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, all the later stuff is going to be digital transfer, but you would hope they'd go back to like the original masters for uh, all the rocks and uh, toys in the attic and all that stuff. But yeah, for sure. I guess we'll find out in August when those sets drop, but we got a little business to do here tonight and uh, we take too long to do it. That's the one complaint we hear about this show is uh, we got to get to the fucking songs. Let's get to the fucking song and let's get to our dice. Currently on the die this week, we have Last Child from Live Bootleg Home Tonight, uh, which is on that 44 uh, track. Uh, Aerosmith Greatest Hits from Rocks, uh, Nine Lives, which is not, Out of Your Head, Roadrunner, and Rockin' Pneumonia, and the Boogie Woogie Flu. John Mariano, what are you hoping to hear tonight? The Boogie Woogie Flu. Boogie Woogie Flu, good man. How about you, Scott? Yeah, I'm with John on that one. I wanted to hear that last week and because uh, I didn't think I was going to get I'm Down, but uh, now that that's off the dice, I, I want to hear what Aerosmith did with this song. Great. I'm sick of, of Scott tracks being uh, rolled, so I want one of mine. Give me a Roadrunner <laughs> or Rockin' Pneumonia and the Boogie Woogie, Woogie Flu. Here we go. Let's see what we got. Toss of the and we are getting Rockin' Pneumonia and the Boogie Woogie Flu. There you go. You boys manifested it. You got to be looking forward to this one. And this was your pick, wasn't it, Corey? It was, yeah. I put it on the dice way back when. Uh, this is a song from the uh, movie soundtrack, Less Than Zero. And there it started playing a little bit too early, but that's what we got to look forward to here. Rockin' Pneumonia, the Boogie Woogie Flu. John, tell us about Less Than Zero. You're the movie guy on the panel. Less Than Zero is a phenomenal movie with, with a young Robert Downey Jr. and James Spader. And um, it's about like drug abuse and, and um, James Spader and... and Downey go toe to toe in this in, in ways um, that you know James Peter is basically the devil in this movie like he's the drug dealer and I, is it Andrew McCarthy who's also in this movie I'm like doing it off, so. off the head. yes he is yeah he, he plays he plays like the good friend he's like he's like the good angel and 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 Spader's like the devil and Downey's caught in the middle and he can't get out of his own way and this movie mirrors a lot of Downey's early life, right? Like his, his career and his life before Iron Man and before he straightened himself out. And, and he does such an incredible performance in this movie. And so does Spader. Um, you know, and I, I'm, I'm talking in, va in vagaries, but, but, but it's very much about the relation of drug abuse um, 
if you're familiar with the Metallica song Master of Puppets, in a lot of ways, James Spader is like the guy singing the song, right? Or 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 he's like the master of puppets. And 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 Downey is the guy being affected by the ma- master of puppets in a lot of ways. Um that that's this movie in a nutshell. Um I don't remember where this song takes place in the movie. Um, but I'm really happy we went with this song tonight. All right, Scott. Now you should know this song. I believe Deep Purple covered it just a couple of years ago. They did on their uh, Turning to Crime cover album. Uh, the the first album that was all covers and the first album that they recorded remotely, uh, which was a, a concept that uh, they didn't think they could do. Uh, but they, they were really adamant they couldn't do an original album that way. So they decided to do a cover album. Uh, they did a great version of it. It's it's not a song that I really like the lyrics. The lyrics are kind of uh, just don't aren't something that I enjoy. But I like the song. It's it's got a great feel to it, and I'm curious to see what the what the guys did with it. That's right. This goes all the way back to 1957. Was the original uh, written and recorded by Huey Piano Smith? Uh, Scott, you met him, right? You used to hang around clubs way back in '57. Oh, yeah. You know, those dark, seedy, smoky, uh, beer-filled clubs with no peanut shells on the floor. That's right. And uh, this was a song that uh, is referenced to a walking pneumonia uh, or the Asian flu, uh, which hit the uh, U.S. in 1957. Uh, According to the lyrics, and we'll get into the lyrics, uh, the singer would like to approach a woman he sees in a club, but due to his musical illness, he's unsuccessful. So it's kind of the story of John Mariano in that effect. So what do you say? Let's get into a little rock and pneumonia and the boogie woogie flu. Unless, John, you have something else? Yeah, I was going to say I'm down. I'm really down because you said that. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you down. Scott, you look perplexed. What's on your mind? Oh, no, I'm just, uh, it's it's a slower tempo, which I'm trying to just get an idea in my head of what to expect for how the rest of the song is going to go. But I really like the drum intro. I love the sound. The, the production on the drums is fantastic here. And that would have been back in, what, 87 was less than zero? So this would have been like probably Bruce Fairbairn, uh, permanent mm. vacation time. So that would explain that nice, crisp production that you heard. For sure. And as a drummer, I, I know you're playing along in your head along as I, right? Where you, where you got to, you know. Oh, yeah. It, it just, it, it, it's fun to play that groove. I got to tell you. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a cool groove for sure. Yeah. John, you're the drum expert on the panel. What did you think of Joey Kramer's intro to this song? It had some stank on it. Fucking right, it did. I want to jump on a This is really Aerosmith's wheelhouse, right? When they're covering songs from like this era and this type, they're killing it. That's why I'm such a big fan of the Honkin' on Bobo album because it's all like blues standards and, mm-hmm. and, and they just, they kill it. Like they, they're kind of doing here, right? Steven's in great voice. Uh, they're, they're, the production is fantastic. The band is on fire. This to me is like prime Aerosmith. Yeah, it sounds like he's singing above his normal range, which is a, a nice surprise. I like the way he sounds on this. Yeah, 87, he would have been maybe a little higher in the register. This is kind of like really the, kind of the peak of his voice. 
Yeah. Uh, he, he obviously he did some songs on permanent vacation, like angel that would push his voice kind of like this here too. Uh, uh, older years. And I think we covered that on a hole in my soul, the live version, right? That that's the aging Steven trying to get through a song that has some vocal challenges, but yeah. uh, here he's knocking it out of the park. John, what do you think? Yeah. Look, this is like you said, this is peak, peak Steven Tyler. I think as far as his voice goes, and I might prefer Pump More as an album, and I, I might love a lot of the hits off of Get a Grip, but Permanent Vacation, Stephen, is probably the pinnacle of his vocal range um, mm-hmm. when you listen to the songs in this era. And I know, I know Pump's like a year or two later, right? Like, we're not talking like the song, but, but this feels like if this mountain has a peak, this is the peak. Our doggy. Mm-hmm. All right, Scott, you can relate to that. You want some loving, baby, that ain't all. I want to kiss her, but the girl's too tall. That pretty much describes your whole love life, don't it? Yeah, um, I carry a stepladder with me everywhere I go. Uh, I, I have a, I have like a harness for it now with a, a just a quick, easy access button. Hey, and, safety, uh, first. safety first. Safety that's first, that's a good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's how I date. Um, yeah, no, that that's the thing is I, 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 I felt, I've always felt like the words were just kind of thrown together. Like what sounds good, what rhymes, what can, you know, what can be catchy. I, I've never really liked the lyrics for the song, but musically, uh, I really dig it. All right, John. And then to top it all off, you get Steven Tyler playing the harmonica. One of the most underrated aspects of Steven Tyler, I think, is her his harmonica playing. That was pretty damn cool. Yeah, no, I feel like this song has everything you want out of this band. The tempo is a little bit slower than you expect, but they're going at it hard. They're going at it fun. Um, and they're giving, they're giving you, it feels like you're sitting in the middle of a jam session. Yep. Uh, this sounds like something uh, on a soundtrack. You know, they're, they're just going to bust this out and, you know, one of their favorite old standards from the fifties and knock it out of the park. And I can relate because I would be running, but my feet are too slow too. Now that's a, a classic element of Aerosmith is Steven Tyler uh, name checking Joe Perry. And he does it here too. I got the rock and pneumonia and Joe Perry too. That's fan fucking task. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, every once in a while, you got to throw it to a member of your band in the song. And since Steven's usually the one saying, uh, hey, I haven't been fired yet during the course of recording this song. It's nice that he acknowledges that someone else is in the band. <laughs> he always acknowledges Joe Perry. Uh, it's true. Uh, 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 draw the line. He usually uh, throws Joe Perry's name out uh, uh, at least two or three times during that song. There's usually five or six times during an Aerosmith set where uh, Joe, uh, Steven Tyler, during a song, will will call out Joe Perry. The Toxic Twins, you know, they're 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 brothers in arms. There's always Steve and Joe on one side and the other three on the other side. Mm-hmm. 
All right, now in the last Van Halen show I did, which was, uh, uh, as you're listening to this Aerosmith show, it would have been a few weeks ago, uh, we, we referenced Eddie Van Halen. Uh, he was kind of trashing Jimmy Page and Joe Perry uh, as guitar players, you know, saying they don't play with a lot of feel. Um, it turns out he, he actually said a lot of those things because uh, those guys were just kind of jerks to him. Uh, I don't know if he really meant that as their musical talent, but I know uh, Joe Perry kind of ignored him. Uh, when he had his hand stuck out, ready to shake his hand, and Joe Perry was kind of a dink to him. And I think wow. uh, Jimmy Page was kind of the same thing. And so Eddie Van Halen wasn't a real fan of those two. But um, and, and and on the show, I, I on the Van Halen show, I'm like, well, compared to Eddie Van Halen, Joe Perry's not much of a guitar player, but Joe Perry's a very good blues guitar player and that blues rock guitar player. And that I thought was a great blues rock solo. And you know, his tone was great. Uh, he he played it great. Uh, to me, that that's kind of quintessential Joe Perry. You don't go to him for like the 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 thrash or the speed or the tapping or the anything like that. The bends, the dive bombs, all that shit. You're going for like a good blues group, and that's kind of what we got here. I don't know. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, I, I mean, it's always disappointing when you when you find out how people treat each other in in real life. I mean, whether you like each other as as musicians, I mean, your your fellow musicians doing the same role in different bands. Uh, obviously all of them are very famous and accomplished musicians. So if you don't like their style, that's one thing, but you know, it's, it's never good to hear the way people treat each other. Um, especially when they're not known for that. I mean, if you're known to be a jerk and you snub everybody, that's one thing, but you know, um, I like the solo though. I mean, John, you mentioned, uh, that the drums had some stank on them. I thought that solo did. I think this whole song has some stank on it. Um, I, I I could give two shits how one person treated another person, right? Because I've never hung out with any of them, and none of them want to hang out with me. So sort of, as far as I'm concerned, they've all treated me like shit. So I could give a rat's ass about about their interpersonal relationships. However, what I do care about is a stanky guitar, and we just got one. Um, and I'm really happy to hear it. Um, there is a lot to love about this song. They are might you want to hang out with you if they stank. saw how warm and welcoming you are. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on your point there, but... Are you oh, Tony a... Stank? <laughs> and... Who is that? Put some stank on it! Wait, wait, wait. Did you just ask who Stan Lee is? <laughs> I couldn't tell what the voice was. It sounded familiar, but I couldn't place it. Yeah, Stan Lee, that, that sounds right now. Yeah. The second one was Jim Carrey, right? So, so, That's correct. So, so I know I know I just said this whole thing about not giving a shit how other people treat other people, but Scott just kicked me in the nuts, everybody. Like twice. He, he got yep. he, he got both of them on that one. Um like it wasn't a glancing bow, it was a full blown kick. It was it because... was it was full on like, like 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 picking up a spare and knocking them both down. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? We're all friends <laughs> He's here. He's just Scott. shaking his head no. We're all friends here. Take it down a notch.
right. Rockin' Pneumonia and the Boogie Woogie Flu from 1987, the Less Than Zero soundtrack. I don't know, guys. We might have a decision to make here. That was a pretty fucking good tune. Uh, if it is going to make our mixtape, it's going to go have to go on the deep cut side, which currently includes Rats in the Cellar, Moving Out, No More, No More, Girl Keeps Coming Apart, Bone to Bone, Coney Allen, Whitefish Boy, Seasons of Wither, I'm Down, Get the Let Out, and Combination. The question is, does Rockin' Pneumonia and the Boogie Woogie Flu deserve to be on that mixtape? Scott Haskin, let's start with you. Well, I love the fact that we got three solos. I mean, you don't get too many songs that have more than one harmonica solo, and even further to the point, more than one killer harmonica solo. Those were both great. Love those tempo changes in the last minute of the song. I thought that was a really nice surprise. Uh, is it better than what's on there now? I'm going to say I don't think so. All right, so that's one down vote. John Mariano, what are you thinking? I think it's better than I'm down. Interesting. Well, Corey, <laughs> you picked it. What do you think? I really like it. And I'm kind of looking at the list. And uh, if you're going to put a cover, I guess the question kind of becomes, is it I'm down or is it rock and ammonia and the boogie woogie flu? So try and take the fact that I'm down was on the dice for 20 shows and all that kind of bias. Um so that kind of becomes, is that what you would uh, nominate, John, that you're, you would want to take off for yeah, rock and the Yeah, market? yeah, I'm, I'm not even doing it ironically, right? Like, if you, you know how I feel about covers and like I'm trying to limit them and all that. And, and I'm staring right at them down as soon as we hear this. I'm like, look, all due respect, and I, I, I love and adore the Beatles. We know that they have another Beatles cover coming that I love and adore a little bit more than I'm down. And with all of that being said, I think I love and adore this a little bit more than I'm down. Interesting. Okay, Scott, uh, your thoughts. Uh, would we? What do you think about taking I'm down off for Rockin' Pneumonia and the Boogie Woogie Flu? Uh, you know, I have to. I have to go to the common factor for me because musically they're both great. I have to go to lyrics. Um, I think the lyrics are better for I'm down, but um, so I, I would say uh, no. But what's your vote? I guess I'm the tiebreaker, aren't I? You are. For once my vote matters. and Your uh, vote only doesn't matter because you let us go first. We should rotate that, that. I didn't want to tonight because I kind of figured it would kind of go to this. And, no. you know, I was kind of on the fence for a while because, you know, I can see John's point and I can see Scott's point. To me, it kind of comes down to what I think the better song is, mm. uh, you know, structurally, uh, lyrically, musically. Um, I really dig Rock and Pneumonia and the Boogie Woogie Flu, but I think I like I'm down a little bit more. So I'm going to vote with Scott. I'm going to vote that we keep I'm down on the mixtape and rock and pneumonia is not going to make it on side a, the deep cuts. However, that's not the end of the road for rock and pneumonia and the boogie woogie flu. It could live on, on the nasty cuts side of uh, side D of our second mixtape. Uh, myself, I have falling in love is hard on the knees. Janie's got a gun and hangman jury. Uh, Scott Haskett has the movie. Nobody's Fault and Permanent Vacation. And John has Walk on Water, Cheesecake, and Bright Light Fright. So let's start with John, because you voted to put this on side A, the deep cut side of the mixtape. Do you like it enough to replace one of your songs on Nasty Cuts? There was a plan in place, Corey, that oh. we were going to boot I'm Down and get the movie off because Scott would have saved I'm Down. And you blew it. 
No, because he he would have like taken uh, take taken he would have taken nobody's fault off or put a vacation you, for him down. I'm sure you 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 blew it, Corey. I blew nothing. I blew nothing, sir. I, I don't even blame Scott for this. I blame you. Thanks. Because what because what happens next is on your head. What happens next? Walk on water comes off the mixtape. Oh my goodness! Walk on water from big ones is gone. John Mariano has taken rock and pneumonia and the boogie woogie flu. Scott Haskin, just for the sake of argument, had we uh, taken I'm down off, would you have put I'm down on your nasty cuts? And what would you have taken off? I would not have. Really? So you like the movie Nobody's Fault and Permanent Vacation more than I'm down? Yes. See? So I, John is accusing me of nothing. But I will say uh, I like Rock and Pneumonia as a replacement. I, I like this song better than John's other picks. So uh, that makes me happy that he saved it. I like it better than Walk on Water. You know, I, I also, think I liked it better than all three of his nasty cuts. So I I, 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 I like this song better than all three of Scott's nasty cuts. Really? More than uh, Permanent Vacation? Yes. Interesting. All right. Wow. Well, did you want to take Rock and Pneumonia and replace one of his instead? That's a thing we can do, I, right? I'm I sure did. that I he did, would but, love to do that. But I genuinely wanted to save this song, and I have no faith in Scott. Yeah, good call. All right, that's all for tonight. Scott Haskin, let the fine folks know where they can find you. Uh, the hub for everything I do can be found on my website. It's got links to all the things at scotthaskin.com. No S on the end of my last name. It's Haskin, H-A-S-K-I-N. Have I ever called you Scott Haskins? No, but a lot of people write me and they say that they can't find my website. And I say, look at the the look at how you spelled my name or how my name appears. And they're like, oh, I don't wait. know why. Ever since I was a kid, people have been adding an S wait, to the wait, last wait, name. Wait, wait, are people looking up Scott has skins? No, and that's why? No, yeah. no, I, I think that's what's going on is people are looking up some dude, Scott has skins. And God knows where they're trying to buy from that website and they're coming across you. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole different guy. Uh, but no, ever ever since I was a kid, even teachers would would put an S on the end of my name. Um, I don't know why. Interestingly, though, uh, uh, and I've only had this happen one time, I got a piece of mail after I was in a very nasty car accident and it was to uh, Scott Hasbin. <laughs> That's not even it's the only time that's ever happened to me was after I was like badly injured in a car accident. Um, but, so. Yeah, it, but it happens a lot. So I, I had to clarify that because uh, people write me all the time to my H-A-S-K-I-N email address. They put my name right in the email, but they don't find the website. It's weird. Uh, what do you got going on? I know you've written a, a couple more books uh, since last time we talked about you. You're working on another like book trilogy or six more albums or what the hell are you doing? Uh, no, I don't have any more books coming out. Uh, I don't have any plans for any more at the moment. Um, I've been releasing some of the uh, older soundtracks that I worked on. Uh, just been been doing, uh, you know, remixing and remastering of those and getting them out there. And uh, got some other projects in the works that I, I'm not sure which one's going to take precedence yet. So, uh, but a new album will be coming before too much longer. There you go. And uh, John, uh, you're working on your uh, debut solo album. How's that going? It's going well. Um, I, I I've been playing a lot of the skim flute on it, so uh, I'm really really pleased with how my performance is going so far. 
I, I hear you. I, I so can't that album to... is that album is coming. Literally and figuratively. Hard. <laughs> on that note, on behalf of John Mariano and Scott Haskin with No S, my name is Corey Morissette. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, what the hell? Why don't we give the final word to Steven Tyler? Thank <laughs> you.